your world, your challenges, your faith. When faith within engages the world without, there's power. It's living life from the inside out. This is the time of year high school seniors are making decisions about life after graduation, including where they might go for more education. Today on Family Life's Inside Out, we'll talk about one woman's expectations and the ongoing surprises now that she's a Christian student at a secular university. I'm Martha Manikas Foster, and my guest today is Daniela Angulo, a student at Miami's Florida International University. She's written for the Gospel Coalition about the unexpected receptivity of some of her classmates to learning what she, as a Christian, believes. Welcome, Daniela, to Inside Out. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Martha. I am very excited about having this conversation. Daniela, I've mentioned in the intro your expectations prior to going to university. So why don't you explain what you thought it would be like for you on a large secular university campus, and given those expectations, why did you make the choice to go there? So I grew up in a myriad of different educational backgrounds. I was in public school for a portion of my education when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but then as of eighth grade, right before high school, I moved over to a private Christian school. I had been raised in a Christian family. Mm -hmm. And so for those five years, uh, the last two years, and honestly the most formative years of my schooling, I was in kind of what we like to call the Christian bubble. Mm -hmm. Christian teaching, Christian teachers, all the curriculum is Christian. You know, you're going to chapel once, maybe more than that, times a week. Additionally, any church activities that I went to with my own family at my own church. So I definitely, for those years of my life from 13 to 18, I was kind of in the Christian world. I wasn't really exposed that much to the secular world. And when preparing you as a Christian school, many of the faculty and the teachers, their main concern is making sure that you are able to defend your faith and to stay grounded in the Word. Mm -hmm. That is their main concern, because it is so common for Christian students to grow up and then go to college and have their views questioned, which is a very valid and actually something that happens quite frequently. So their main concern is laying that foundation for you. So that painted a picture for me and many of my classmates where we saw secular college as a battlefield. Mm -hmm. That was what we expected. We were expecting to go in with our weapons in hand and all of the apologetics that we had learned and every argument we had learned against evolution, against liberal theories, against any sort of secular, I guess the way we saw attack. Mm -hmm. And that was how we saw it. I chose to still continue through the route of secular college, despite the fact that I was in a Christian school where Christian colleges were constantly coming and speaking to us and, you know, encouraging us to enroll. But I chose to remain on the path of uh, secular schooling for numerous reasons. The first and foremost, not being anything too deep, but simply financial reasons, trying to be a good steward of the resources that God has given me and my family and the scholarship opportunities. Additionally, wanting to remain in my church, that was honestly Mm -hmm. what was the biggest deal breaker for me. I was speaking with many fellow students and friends and asking them like, hey, you're going away for college, like, what are you thinking for church? And they would be like, oh, I'll just figure it out when I'm there. And for me, that wasn't something I wanted to do. I had already gone through a church transition earlier when I was around 14 and 15, and that was very difficult for me, and I didn't want to go through that again. And I knew that in a time of my life where I was going to be confronted with views, and I was going to have to be making so many different decisions, 
I wanted to be at my church where I already had roots and guidance from my elders and my family and other Christians my age and older as well in discipleship. So that was part of the factors that pushed me towards choosing a secular university. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a very a very grounded process that you went through to make this decision. So here you are, you are preparing for going to university, and you also have this background saying, I expect that there's going to be an attack, right, on my faith. And and as you as you mentioned, we all know a number of people who, once they are confronted with other views, maybe don't know enough about what they believe or don't believe it on a core level. And so it is something that really shakes, really shakes their faith. I think I'm really interested at this moment to talk to you about what surprised you the most about your university classmates' response to you because it didn't end up being exactly what you might have pictured. Yeah, that was exactly what happened. So my very first semester of college, I enrolled in a philosophy seminar. It was a requirement for the honors college that I was a part of, and I went into it once, like you said, expecting an attack. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a philosophy course. We were going to be doing everything from Plato and the great Western philosophers moving over to the Eastern philosophers, Mm -hmm. so a broad spectrum of philosophy. And so I went into that course expecting either to zone out half of the time because Mm -hmm. of what was being said or to have to stand up for my faith. And there were instances where I did speak up and say something on behalf of my faith, for example, something I felt was being uh, misconstrued to my classmates regarding Christianity. I would um, say something, or if they just simply wanted to know what people were thinking, there were oftentimes I gave an opinion. But the most surprising thing was not just my classmates' reactions, but my professors' reactions to my beliefs. Mm Mm-hmm. The professors that I had in that course specifically were ones who were very adamant that they did not want us to believe what they believed. They And they explicitly stated at the first week of class, they stated, we're not here to brainwash you. Many um, colleges are trying to push certain views on students rather than presenting them with the ability to go through their own critical processes and come up with their own ideas about the world and what they believe in. Mm-hmm. So that was my first and foremost surprise with college that I was my first experience with professors was ones who are so openly clear about the fact that there is a lot of push for certain views in universities sure. currently. Sure. And then as I speak about in my article, I had classmates who, upon finding out I was a Christian, were more curious than anything else and would ask me to have lunch with them. One in particular, we had many lunches, just ask questions about the Bible and what I believed everywhere from on the political spectrum regarding abortion or other laws currently being passed to simply, what about Cain and his sister that he married? Mm -hmm. How do we look at that? So that was one of the things that was honestly, in a way, it was honestly formative of how I started looking at college through that first semester and that second semester. I'm currently in my, I believe, fourth or fifth semester of college. Um, they're all starting to blur together <laughs> at this point. But changed very early on the approach that I took to college. While I still made sure to hold on to that foundation, those apologetics that I knew, because I knew they would come in handy and there have been times where I have needed them, I also started approaching each class with a renewed excitement for the opportunity God might give me to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's not a battlefield as much as, as it is an evangelistic ground. 
mm-hmm. of mission work. Mm-hmm. And I hear from what you're saying, and certainly from things that I read, that we're talking about your generation, because I'm a different generation, your generation being maybe just honestly open because they actually don't have very much personal history in Christianity. And really, there's a curiosity there about what is it that a Christian actually believes. Would that be your experience? In some cases, absolutely. I live in Miami, which is predominantly a Hispanic city, and because it is predominantly Hispanic, it is predominantly a Catholic culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everybody thinks they have had some sort of exposure to Christianity, but upon speaking to them, they actually know very little. Of what they do know, it will be Catholic rather than evangelistic or Protestant. Mm-hmm. And when when told the differences or told what I believe, for example, my classmates more often than not were very shocked. I had a classmate who came to church with me one time and was very confused as to the service overall, like just how it was set up, the worship, the sermon, what was going on. We had somebody get baptized that day, and all of that was completely new to her and something she had never been exposed. I think my generation has a tendency to see Christianity as something very individualistic Mm -hmm. to a person, something that they just personally believe, and more of a political thing and a label than it is the reality of a Christian is part of a greater body of Christians, Mm -hmm. and it is really who we are as a whole. It is not a small part of me that I just happen to have these political beliefs because I say I am a Christian because I believe there is a God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe in your article you talk about as identity. So, so much of who you are flows out of this faith instead of it being one more thing that you like add on to you. Mm-hmm, right? Absolutely, yeah. And that is the most groundbreaking thing for people because my generation has what I like to call an obsession with our inner self, which many people, (laughs) our inner self, which many people talk about, and it is just everything, every feeling, every emotion, every opinion we come across, we like to put a label on it, we like to know what things are, and that comes a lot from the fact that we just have so much information at our fingertips at this moment. We no longer live in a world where it's just you and your local community. We have access to everything global that you could possibly think of, so we like to put things into boxes and categorize it because that's the easiest way for human brains to process things. We like patterns. We like Mm -hmm. compartmentalizing. So my generation sees every aspect of your personality as just something to put a label on, and that makes up your entire identity. I am this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Whereas I am a Christian first, and everything else comes second. Everything else is something that stems from God, whether it be I'm a writer, that is because God gave me the talent to write. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so on. Beautiful. Let me reset the conversation for those just joining us. And if you are just joining us, you're listening to Inside Out on Family Life. I'm talking today with Florida International University student and Gospel Coalition writer Daniela Angulo. Daniela, how do you suggest Christians prepare for college or university on a secular campus? And as they prepare, what would you have them keep in mind? Yeah, the first thing, the first and foremost thing I would say, which is probably going to sound very common, is know the Bible. Whether it be a conversation or defending your faith, you need to know what you believe And so that foundation that I was talking about earlier of apologetics and just understanding what it is that we believe and why is so important. So being in the Word, number one, helps you make those decisions when you're looking towards college, whether Mm -hmm. you're going to a secular college or a Christian college. But number two, if you do choose to go to a secular college, it's preparing you to make sure that your faith is not simply something that you have grown up surrounded by, but it's something that you really are intricately a part of and you know really what it is. That would be the first thing. And the second thing is 
as I said earlier, to kind of view it as your own personal mission field. Yes, you are going to learn and to get your degree and to plan the future of your life, but we're called to be disciplers everywhere we go, and we're called to spread the gospel everywhere we go. So don't view your secular classmates, your atheist classmates, your agnostic classmates, your liberal classmates, don't view them as your enemies. View them as people who are lost and who we pray that God will reveal himself to and that you will be able to be a tool for him in that aspect. And the third and final thing I would say is prayer for those opportunities. My first semester of college, I didn't think much of it, but somebody had mentioned it to me to, you know, just pray for those opportunities. And I started praying for that opportunity during my Bible time. And it came, the opportunity came in that philosophy class where I met these classmates. And later on, as I've met other classmates that have given me the opportunity to, even if it's just a brief conversation about Christianity, Mm -hmm. plant that seed there. So those are the top three things I would say, the Bible, mission field, and prayer. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, and you. and you mentioned in your article, of course, and it's something that we know as Christians, that we have this opportunity to share with people. It doesn't mean that we may necessarily see that person come to faith, but that we are obedient when we are honestly sharing this great good news that we know, and that if it really is what's motivating us, we can't help but be part of our conversation with people. Yes. So the classmate that I reference most of the time throughout the anecdote in this article, I have seen her a few times after, but I have not seen, for example, that come to fruition, Mm -hmm. those gospel conversations we have had, not to my knowledge at least. And that was hard for me at first because a lot of us tend to have that tendency of thinking that we're the ones doing the, not the saving, but in a way that is what we're viewing it as, that we're the ones doing the salvation and then that we're, we're the ones responsible for their salvation because we are the ones speaking to them. Sure. When it's the complete opposite, we are the ones planting the seed and we're hoping that it will be watered and that it will come to fruition one day. Mm-hmm. So it's an act of obedience, like you were saying, absolutely. And it's not knowing where the conversations are going to lead. It's not knowing it might be a closed door. It might be an open door. It might be a window that you find much later on in life that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's not really about us or about them so much as it is about serving and glorifying the Lord. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, well. thank you so much for writing this article, and thank you for sharing this very hopeful and encouraging perspective that you're living as a university student. So thank you, Daniela, for joining me here today on Family Life's Inside Out. Thank you so much for having me, Martha. It was great speaking to you. My guest has been Florida International student Daniela Angulo. You can read her story in the Gospel Coalition online by going to thegospelcoalition.org, thegospelcoalition.org. I'm Martha Manikas Foster with Inside Out on Family Life.